and welcome to What's Brewing CISFA. What's Brewing CISFA is a podcast produced for the California Community College's Student Financial Aid Administrators Association. I'm your host, Dennis Schrader. I serve as the 2021-2022 CISFA past president. I'm recording this episode late on Monday night, so our co-host Dana is already tucked snugly into bed, dreaming of another day at the office. But we'll still make sure that What's Brewing CISFA continues to inform and entertain you 30 minutes at a time. So let's start the show. And welcome to another episode of What's Brewing CISFA. Let's go ahead and start our show with our first cup. Like I said, uh, it's a solo show again, and so I'm recording late on Monday night instead of Tuesday morning as we are getting closer to the start of the semester, and things are kind of still out of whack. Staff are coming in three to four days a week. I'm trying to come in four to five days a week to the office, but I still have equipment at home and equipment at the office, and so I haven't moved the whole podcast studio quite yet to the office, so I, I told Dana... I'll take care of a couple shows on my own. We still meet up and do the Friday ones because at least recently we've been doing uh, Fridays at home so we can still connect and record the show early in the morning. Hopefully by next week we'll be back in the office more or less full time. I'll have the studio equipment all in the office and we can pick up where we've left off with Dana and hopefully more guests. So we will release this show Tuesday morning, as always. But I'm getting it out of the way on Monday night. So what's new with me on my weekend? Really, what's new with our campus and the LA Community College District is we had a big open house on our campus. And I believe all our camp colleges in the district did too this past Saturday. So I came out with a number of my staff, set up a table. We had good music, good food. It was just good to see everybody, and even up in uh, the northeast part of the San Fernando Valley, we had very good weather. It was a lot of fun. It was great to see students. I think the turnout was really good to see students on our quad, tables set up for academic departments, student services. In our Learning Resource Center, we are handling what we call our triple E events, our Eagles Early Enrollment and this is where we allow students to come in, get admitted, do the admissions process if they haven't done it, do the enrollment process, and then also check their financial aid. So my staff are just as busy as everybody else. Our counselors are doing remote counseling sessions with students, helping them get those first semester classes all picked out, all that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Um, we have events throughout the week still, uh, try to catch up on enrollment because our enrollment is a little bit low, as I'm sure a lot of community colleges are seeing at this time. We're trying to make up for lost time as we hopefully get some percentage of our students back on campus for real classes in person while still doing remote classes. That's really just to give you a, a little bit of background. Today's show, I didn't really have a topic for and I really did not have time to put together a lot of news. There's not a whole lot of new news out there, but we'll have some stuff next week. Instead, I thought I'd take a different approach 
and take a little look back and a look forward at the genesis of What's Brewing Cisfa. So the podcast, I have to say, uh, when I was coming up to be president, I was still president-elect of CISFA, I had this idea of a project to do in a podcast. And this was pre-pandemic. And the idea was I f- would think that, you know, during the year, I meet with the exec board four times. We do quarterly meetings. We have the conference. We'll have regional meetings. So with LA and Orange County, we have quite a few financial aid people, financial aid directors mostly, who meet, again, usually right after the quarterly CISFA exec board meetings to discuss news, what's going on, get input for things our state system office wants input on, or give them input back on things that we want them to talk about or look into and such. But I also wanted to make sure we were connecting with our membership base. Because our membership is three to 500 people, depending upon the year of financial aid professionals at the community colleges, at a number of different servicing companies that provide software solutions, um, actual help in the office, uh, development of forms, publications, servicing of student loans, servicing of a variety of things. So we have a very broad base membership and I wanted to make sure that our association did its best to communicate with them regularly. So the podcast was planned to be launched in the spring of 2020. I had all the equipment bought. I decided also not to burden the association with what could have been a project that would flame out quickly, maybe lose interest, who knows, and have all this equipment or other things because I want to make certain that we did it right. So I bought it myself, bought it, had it all sitting at the office. And as you all know, March 2020 came rolling around and things got serious and we all had to bug out and go home. So I packed everything up and we kind of put it off to the side. We had many more pressing things to take care of uh, during the spring of 2020. But come middle of the summer, as I took on the presidency as of July 1st of 2020, it was time to get rolling. So probably just a little over a year ago, maybe almost a year to the date, I don't have the exact date in the top of my head, we started doing some shows. I did the initial shows on my own because me and Dana, my co-host, had not quite worked out how we were going to do the connectedness to record together. Um, we'll talk about that later. I do want to talk about how if you're going to do a podcast or you're thinking about one or just how we did it, how we kind of put this all together. But there was a bit of production and pre-planning we still had to do. You know, I made some purchase of equipment, figured out how to record it. One of the things with podcasts is you normally kind of have to have a separate podcast distribution website or service, I really should say, to handle your podcast. Most regular websites, like your college website, maybe a personal website that you have of your own, isn't built for the types of downloading of files that podcasting requires. Because in a sense, what you're doing is you're taking an audio file that you record in some way, digitizing it, putting it somewhere in a website so that people then click on some kind of link to download or stream live. But even streaming requires this whole concept of having a distribution website. 
And there's a variety of services out there. Some are free. Some are pretty inexpensive. Some are very expensive. Some are based upon how many downloads you do. So, for example, I would say that of the billion podcasts out there, we're probably in the bottom 20% as far as uh, number of downloads per show because there's probably at least 20% of all the different podcasts that are active out there that probably have a couple dozen listeners and probably get a couple hundred downloads every couple weeks versus there are some very popular podcasts by scientists, former radio guys, guys like Joe Rogan, Adam Carolla, a lot of celebrities out there. And so those type of people with a lot of talent have the ability to bring in a big audience. So they probably have much more commercialized type of services because they, instead of having people download 10 or 20 of their audio files in a week, they may be downloading mass thousands per day or more. A lot depends upon how many times they put out a new show. You know, if you do like Adam Carolla, where you may do three or four shows a week, you know, that's hours and hours of entertainment. That's many, many megabits or gigabits or whatever it is that have to be downloaded as people download it to their podcast players or they stream it from a website. So that's an extra cost. Now, I'll tell you, we pay only about, I pay, I should say, only about $100 a year to have that service. And until we really blow up and get a million listeners, we're fine. When we get to that point, well, there's other things to worry about too. We get the word out to the Seas from membership through the buzz, which is a regular email put out by our communications chair, Greg Ryan from Fullerton College. He helps. Uh, I send him some information. He picks it up also off the, the feed, the podcast feed, to put together a little email about what's coming up or what we've done on recent shows. We also had a, a, a good turnout during the conference back in uh, this last spring where we did some live shows. I think we did one right in the middle of the conference on a, uh, during the lunch hour, we in a sense had a Zoom open. People at the conference could join the Zoom and watch in. We had some people to interview and me and Dana kind of talked about how the conference was going. We talked with others about how they thought the conference was going. And then we released those as podcasts. Uh, we do use Zoom as part of this whole operation. That was one of the things we learned about. I'll talk about that a little bit later as a technical item. We've had many great interviews over the time, probably the closest to uh, uh, getting the gold LeMay jacket, as uh, some shows would say, uh, for making five or more appearances, kind of a Saturday Night Live thing, uh, is Anna Faye Robinson, our current CISA president. We've had her on the show many times, but many others from the exec board and others have been on the show a number of times, and we hope to expand that base. You know, <clears throat> along with this, you know, there's there is certainly some work. If you've done a show, and this show does take a little bit of work, my Sunday afternoons have turned into checking through my email folder that's called reading items uh, that I get from work, you know, things like the NASFA news, uh, CASFA's monthly list of free training, Information from Inside Higher Ed or the Chronicle for Higher Education. Politico, the Politico website, has information about education. Uh, there's a number of other things like Real Clear Education, which is from the people who made Real Clear Politics. It's a website out there. And a number of other resources that I use to pull out all the different possible news items I would think our people would want to hear about. 
Another big one, federal student aid itself. Federal student aid and the California Student Aid Commission. Their regular uh, weekly updates or special alerts from CSAC or the you know operations memos that come from the Student Aid Commission all turn into good news for people out there. So I think of it also as a good way for me to clear my emails because once I've got the item into the news, it's going to end up in the show notes so that when you're ready to download our podcast, if you go out, say, to Google or Spotify or whatever, and you see the little synopsis of the show, we'll have links to the different articles or, uh, you know, even our I Dare You To segments, uh, things that we want you to know about. We have links so that you could go out to your web browser later, check out the items. Topics, you know, topics kind of, me and Dana discuss this all the time as part of the pre-production, you know, who we want to talk to, what topics are coming up. You know, I guess in recent times we talked about uh, the major changes coming from FAFSA simplification, including the things that uh, got in, uh, implemented over this summer, you know, changes of verification, the selective service question, uh, the drug conviction question, you know, things that are topics that are relevant right now. We wanted to make sure our listeners knew about them in case uh, they hadn't had time to read their FSA Partner Connect news. That's going to give you a little bit of the background on all of this. I really want to talk a little bit more about what does it take to make a podcast. You know, some interesting things I found out while setting up our podcast and some comparisons to some other shows. But I think we're going to take a little musical break right now before we move into, I'm sorry about that, move into our second cup segment on the show. And just like that, with a little bit of a break, we're ready already for our second cup. I should say my second sip of a little bit of sparkling water. So to pick up where we left off, I want to talk a little bit about, in case you're wondering, how hard must this be? Well, I surely uh, could take the uh, approach of being self-deprecating and say that if I can do it, most anyone else can. And in some ways, that's very true. Uh, Recording a podcast, making a podcast really can be as simple or as complicated as you want. Beyond the technical, and we'll get to the technical, it really starts with, do you have an idea? Do you have a topic at hand that you want to explore? Now, I'll say the financial aid field, when we joined it for What's Brewing CISFA, where I wanted to talk not just about what's going on with CISFA, but really what's going on with financial aid. I'd have to say our field's pretty open out there. I remember many years ago, there was a podcast put out by um, like a guarantor servicer or something like that about financial aid, more or less aimed at students. And of course, we have NASFA, our national association has Off the Cuff, uh, which is a great podcast. And amazingly, sometimes our topics are very close to theirs. We do, uh, I do not uh, research what they're talking about before I do mine, and I'm sure they aren't doing the same for us. But, you know, find a topic or topics you want to cover. Maybe there's something you want to talk about with your staff or faculty 
uh, on campus. And this is just one more way to distribute information. Once you have that, then it's really the technical aspects of how to put it all together. You know, it's again, it can be as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. What kind of equipment you buy or borrow or find, maybe use from your campus, IT and AV people. I went the route of buying most of mine because I wasn't really certain what our arts, media and performance people would have. And I didn't want to burden them either with a side project that really wasn't related to campus. It was something for this state association that I happened to be president of. So luckily, probably about a year before I started on this podcast, Rode, R-O-D-E, is a company. They make microphones and audio equipment and such for pro use. Came out with what they call the Rodecaster Pro. And in a sense, solved a lot of problems. Because I was thinking I needed like a little mixer. Because if you're going to have a microphone and a good microphone, not an expensive one, but a good one, you need to have a microphone plugged into some kind of mixer that can amplify yourself. Or at least do some control, you know, some EQ, add a little bass, you know, stuff like that. The Rodecaster does all that. But it does some other things. It allows me to record right to it digitally. So I don't need to plug it into my computer and record to my computer, although that is certainly an option. It will do that. And then other things like, um, how do I get other inputs in? What if I have someone calling on a telephone and I'm going to record an interview? Well, this mixer does that pretty easily. Or what about sound effects? All the sound effects that we use here, you know, the, the things like, you know, the pouring of the cup, the little slurpy stuff that we have. Uh, for our last sip, our music, <clears throat> this little mixer has little buttons to do all that. Our music that we do at the front and, and in the middle of the show are easily triggered there, um, which would be a little harder, uh, if I wasn't doing it on something that had had everything built together, but you certainly can do it piecemeal then and have a lot of your stuff done right on your computer. There's lots of free computer applications that record sound effects, your music, record your show all together. It's relatively easy on some of these uh, soft software packages. You don't need what they use in a real recording studio where that can be fairly expensive. Um, there's a, you know, in the Mac world where I uh, work from home from, you know, there's GarageBand. Now GarageBand is kind of what it sounds like if you wanted to record a band or you wanted to be a one-man band and lay down a drum track, you know, electronic drums, lay down a guitar, a piano, whatever, you can do it. But GarageBand has what we call multi-track recording. And that just allows you to, in a sense, record all your inputs separately. Every microphone is a separate input. Your sounds, your music, etc. And in a sense, then, you use the software to mix it all together. Make sure the levels are good. The music's not too loud. One person who's calling in on a phone isn't too quiet compared to your microphone. Things like that. Now, I can do a lot of that through my mixer. But GarageBand and a lot of these other recording softwares uh, options will allow you to be a lot more nuanced about it. 
But again, that gets to be kind of technical and such. Now, the one thing I will cover just a little bit about, because this was something I researched quite a bit before starting the show, because I had a lot of questions. I was an old radio TV film major myself back in my undergrad years. And I remember taking a class on communication law, in particular copyright law, because it might seem simple enough that I know this great tune by this artist, and I'm sure they wouldn't mind if I borrow their music for the start of my show, or for the bumper music between the first segment and the second segment, or, you know, things like that. Well, it isn't as simple as that. And this includes a podcast like this one, where it's free. I'm not making any money. Cease was not making any money. Why could I not just use my favorite artist, Trombone Shorty from New Orleans? Why can I just use some of his more music-based music without all the lyrics as a bumper music to my show? Well, because that music is his. Or I should say it's at least the publishers. He may have written it. He may have recorded it, but there may be a music publisher, and that's, that might not be him, that owns the rights to it. And so it gets to be very complicated. It doesn't mean it's impossible. I'm sure that you hear lots of podcasts who use real music, let's call it, real music, music that me and you know might buy on an album or a CD or download or stream. But it's not that easy. There's money involved. The good thing is, in doing all this research, I'll say I found a couple websites where you can get music that you, in a sense, pay for all the musical rights to use it however you want to use it, for profit, not for profit, at reasonable cost, like $50 per song. So our opening theme, in a sense, I have a long version, a short version from the same artist of that music that by paying for it, I don't have to pay royalties going forward. For those who aren't radio TV film majors, you know, every time you hear, in a sense, music played on the radio, in some way, as long as that information is recorded and all, there's a couple different rights organizations, ASCAP and BMI, uh, are the two biggest ones, who in a sense collect royalties from radio stations, TV stations, because there's certainly music on all your TV shows, cable stations, Actually, places like bars, you know, where you will hear music in the background or other places and use that, pool that money, figure out how songs are being played in all the different arenas out there, all the different modes of broadcasting, including streaming, and in a sense, pay the musicians royalties. So in a sense, I save a lot of time and headaches by having to hunt this down. It does mean though, I don't get to use trombone shorty's music on the show. And to keep you legal, you shouldn't be using your favorite artist either. Now, there's other things that we could talk about as far as production. I'll say one of the things is when I started this project and had it planned out pre-pandemic, my goal was to use some of my senior student workers on the project doing some of the background work, um, helping you know, research all the news items every week, helping make calls or contacts with people to do interviews, organizing the show day, getting all those things done. Now, it didn't quite work out that way when we were all working from home. And now I'm kind of down on the number of student workers I have. I 
at six at one point. I'm down to three. I'm going to be down to two in a few weeks due to graduations. Thank goodness, graduations. Uh, but we'll find a way, hopefully, in the future episodes or other podcasts we produce, me and Dana, to involve, hopefully, some of my staff. So don't feel you have to do it alone. Get your staff involved, too. Now, we're going to move on here with a little bit of music to get ourselves in the last part of the show and do a little summary of some of these things. For those who might be just wondering, can I do a podcast? And just like that, we're back for, of course, our last sip segment, which means you get the music, the sound effect, I should say. And that was a free sound effect uh, through a free, uh, no uh, royalty required website that I found uh, sound effects through. A lot of choices out there. So, you know, I've given you just kind of a short idea. Hopefully, if you're interested in doing a podcast, a video podcast, don't be intimidated. Again, <laughs> not to self-deprecate too much, but it can be done. If I can do it, you can do it. There's ways to research us on the websites uh, through books. I did buy the Podcasting for Dummies book, and there was an updated version put out last fall. And it helps you with some of these questions about like music and royalties, what kind of equipment you might need, how to set yourself up on your show, you know, the pre-production, which is all the stuff you do before you record, the production during the show. Are you doing everything live like we do this show? Or are you going to record an interview ahead of time? Uh, you know, are you going to record commercials or public service announcements ahead of time and then insert to them into the show when you're got all the pieces recorded separately and now it's post-production where you're going to put them all together, maybe in your software and your computer where you can put the timeline together, have the music to start, your opening segment, slip in a public service announcement or as we do, a little bit of music. Do an interview section uh, segment maybe with somebody that you recorded days before and put it all together so that you have one podcast ready to put out on your distribution channel for everyone to download. However you do it, there's multiple ways to get around this. One of the things I wanted to add before we get into a little I dare you to is one of the things I found interesting while I was putting together the podcast was trying to think of something that'd be common from episode to episode, and that's where we came up with the I Dare You To. But uh, just give you a rundown of some other shows that do things the same from show to show. Uh, I listen to Jonah Goldberg, who does the Remnant podcast on the Dispatch Media. And one of the funny things he always does when he closes out his show with so many interviews is he says, I'll see you next time. And he's already pre-recorded a little thing with uh, his interview guy who will uh, shout out and said, no, you won't. This is a podcast. Because, again, this is not a visual medium. You can't be seen. Uh, if you listen to uh, another great pod called Smartless, uh, Jason Bateman, uh, Will Arnett, Sean Hayes, great actors, all of them do a podcast called Smartless, and they interview somebody generally famous. They all try to come in at the end and go, bye. And that's kind of funny. Adam Carolla, on his shows, he generally signs off with a mahalo. And Pete Holmes, a comedian on his You Made It Weird podcast, will usually try to get his interview subject to say, keep it crispy. 
all very interesting things. Now, for my I Dare You To today, I'm going to throw my friend uh, Mike Kralis here. Mikey K, uh, not under a bus. I won't even run him over, but I want to thank him for sending these that we were talking about. Uh, his choices for great podcasts out there. I give you a little idea of what I'm listening to, but these all sound really good, and I know why. First, Rob Lowe. He's got one called Literally. If you've watched enough Parks and Rec, you'll know where that comes from. Um, he's got an episode out there with Mike Myers uh, recently. Sounds really good. Another podcast called Walk-Ins Welcome with Bridget Fetasi. Uh, That's the way. I'm sorry. Fetasi. Um, it's long-form conversations, wide range of topics. So maybe not as focused as one, but still, that doesn't mean it's a bad podcast. Try it out. And then honestly, with Barry Weiss. These are in-depth conversations, again, focusing mostly on, you know, political and cultural issues. I believe he might have worked for like New York Times or such. Uh, they've gotten letting go. So what does that mean? Time to look at putting out your own podcast. So some other choices out there. I'll put links in the show notes for everyone so that you know how to find our competition. Um, seeing that we're really close here on time. I think I'm going to call that it is all my I dare you twos for the night or the day because we're just about out of time here, everybody on the show. But don't worry, we'll have another show at the end of the week. So I do want to thank my co-host, Dina, even though she couldn't join us today. And thank you, our audience, for tuning in. If you have something to say or you have topics you want us to discuss, please email us at wbcsfa.com at gmail.com you can find this and all what's moon sees for podcast on google podcast your apple podcast app spotify pandora iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn app on your amazon echo by using alexa what's brewing sees is a production of studio 1051 a cl creative collaboration of dana and myself this has been episode number 113 Recorded the night of Monday, August 9th, 2021. Everybody, have a great day and a great week.